Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live in Vol Country. Go Vols, we're currently beating up on Mizzou, although the score is tied 17-all. Mizzou likes to cheat, but that's typical of most schools whose colors involve yellow. Now, the thing that is on everybody's mind here at Political Straight Talk and across the country is, is AOC smart enough to be in a Bernie Sanders administration? Now, that is the question. Don't know. Frankly, don't care. Because feeling the burn will not be El Presidente. Now, so let's get into some of the hot topics of the day. I know there's not been a lot of news this week regarding Washington and the Senate and the House. And so there's a lot of stuff to talk about that's not political. Since, you know, there's not really been anything going on in Washington. All right. So, Mark. How does it feel to be a fan of the number one team in the country? It's great. It, it feels almost as good as Trump feels right now, knowing that Adam Schiff is a total failure. Well, I I, I see that the – I noticed that the selection committee is not really a big fan of LSU's, and I noticed all the talk is that this will be LSU's last week as number one. I found that – I found that interesting. I believe that LSU can beat whoever they play at this point. I know they've been ragging them on their defense, but you have to realize the defense is at, is at half the strength as it was at the beginning of the year because most of the good players are hurt or taking the night off. Well, I, I can tell you that of the top four teams, two of them are overrated. I think that Clemson's overrated, and Ohio State is so overrated, it's not even funny. And how come they always get in the top five? Who? Because Ohio. they, uh... Ohio State is, Ohio State's always overrated. That's why they always are getting their ass kicked anytime they're in the conference, in the, in the playoffs. I have no love for Ohio State. They literally are worthless and don't even deserve to be in the top ten. Their strength of schedule and everything is just so weak. Clemson, I could make a case for Clemson being in the top five. Um, but truly, truly, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, all three deserve to be in the top four. Yeah. Now, 
the powers that be don't want that because then the lesser conferences out there will start whining. But the SEC truly is the football conference, just like the ACC is the basketball conference. Um, Honestly, I would love to see – I would love for LSU to play, say, at Oregon at the beginning, at, in, the, uh, in the playoff because they'll smoke them. And for all those people that are saying that uh, Ohio State is this and that and they, they can't be beat, they're going to win the national championship, they said the same thing in the 07 season when LSU thumped a mud hole in them in New Orleans to win this, uh, their last uh, national championship. Well, Ohio State could not keep up with, couldn't keep up with Alabama, couldn't keep up with LSU, and I don't believe they could even keep up with Clemson. So, I guess we'll see. I think Clemson, Clemson is the more dangerous team because you don't know what they are. Right. And you won't know until what just happened. You won't know until the playoffs. Now, I've been pulling for any team. Wouldn't it be awesome if South Carolina beats Clemson? Well, I know that. that's totally possible. It is possible. South Carolina has that. South Carolina is one of those teams that you never know. So, all right. Well, let's get off of uh, Tootsie Ball. Sean Sean Brown. Isn't that the quarterback for LSU? Hello. Is it Joe? Wait, the guy on the ground? No, no, no. The quarterback for LSU. Joe Burrow. Yeah. They say he's going to get behind. What about him? They say he's oh, going to yeah. get behind. He, he might. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won the Heisman Trophy in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, okay. but LSU, LSU isn't a favorite of the voters right now, and well, that's well, not, But anyway, since and we were talking sports, since there really wasn't anything going on in politics this week, and it's been a dull <laughs> week in politics. Really? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, let's go. Well, that, you said there's nothing going on in politics. No. Yeah. It's boring. Boring week. It's been a boring week in politics. The House has not been in session. The Senate's not been in session. The president's been quiet. Not a lot going on. So I. Oh, you're I really wanna, funny. Hardy har har har. I want to. I want to start the show talking about a personal situation that happened to me this week. Um, for those of you that know, I've been with the company for six years. Worked my way up from a call-taking agent to a supervisor to an escalation supervisor to an instructor. I was fired on Tuesday morning. Unceremoniously fired on Tuesday morning. Oh my God. Um. I was terminated because I am a conservative white Republican. Oh, my God. Now, the company's not stupid enough to say that to me, but it became known 
weeks ago that I was a conservative Republican and that I opposed abortion and that I opposed FSAs covering abortions. Okay, that became a public fact. Um, from the point I have a question became, for you. Yeah. I have a question for you about what about your firing. When it went down, was there any time, just out of curiosity, that you challenged a person who is above you in any way, shape, or form? When they fired me? Mm, or shortly before then or what? Well, let me, let, me, let me finish the story. That'll okay. Answer your, that'll answer your question. The answer to the question is yes, I did challenge them. Okay. Um, okay. Then they're done that. So, um, here's here was the deal. About three weeks ago, um, every year we teach a several classes of new agents. Last year, myself and a coworker were the instructors. Um, we were so successful, and the students really enjoyed us being the instructors. They invited us back. During week two of class number one, a topic came up in class where we were discussing things that can and can't be done with FSAs and how employers can control what is done with FSAs. And the question was asked, are there any organizations that can refuse to cover abortion? Good job, go Tennessee. Anyway, so the response was that yes, employers can refuse to cover certain services under an FSA, and that this was my statement. I do not disagree with a company's choice to be able to decline services. Okay? That was my statement. That, in turn, turned into I was anti-abortion and anti-women and that certain individuals in class felt very uncomfortable that a white Republican male was teaching class. And they took this to HR. Well, HR didn't really say anything. They're just like, okay, whatever. The following day, the topic, we were listening to calls where this one particular individual called in, was a man, sounded like a man, but wanted to be called ma'am. We listened to another call where the person sounded like a lady, had a very soft voice, was a woman, wanted to be called sir, and then we had another one call in and want to be called it. Okay? Which is fine. Here is my statement. We will have people that call in that want to be called, that will sound like one thing, want to be called another. We've had people call in, want to be called it, Mr. Horse, Mrs. Cat, Mr. Dog. However, the company recognizes male and female. Okay? That was my statement. The way it got to human resources is that I was making fun of transgenders and gender identity, 
and they felt uncomfortable being in a classroom with a white Republican male. Touchdown, Tennessee. Okay. So, here we are. Um, Let us continue, because it ain't over yet. We had a wannabe act. Go ahead. Was any of this um, being communicated to HR by a 450-pound lesbian named Wanda? <laughs> no, Thunder Pussy. Our truck. <laughs> okay, so, so fine. On a Friday evening three weeks ago, I received a phone call at 7.30 in the evening from an investigator from the company saying that, um, and they gave some quotes of things I allegedly said. Well, I vehemently denied those statements and said, go listen to the recording. All of our classes are recorded. Well, it just so happens that this particular classes, these two classes, were not recorded. Oh, no. They can't find the recordings. Oh, they were recorded. I know they were recorded. They can't find them. So let me give you the makeup of the classes. Okay. I had 69 students in that particular class. 61 of those are black females. The other eight were white females. Okay. Now, fine. In this class was another instructor, Kellyanne. Kellyanne is a black woman. Kellyanne is a liberal. Kellyanne would have called me out in a New York second had I said anything inappropriate because that's just the relationship we have. Just like I would have called her out. Okay, and that's just the way we are. Okay, I went back and asked her after the investigators called me, and I said, Kellyanne, did I say anything that could have been remotely misinterpreted? She said no. Okay, fine. Moving on. I get a phone call the following week. I was mad that Friday evening. I was so mad I was ready to quit. Okay, Had I talked to either one of my bosses that night, I would have quit. So the class was over after week three. I go into another class where I'm the assistant, meaning I'm not really teaching. So we roll into this week, the first of this week. A new class starts. There are 74 people in this class. And the majority of them are black. However, in this particular class, we have four gender identity individuals. One identifies as a horse, one identifies as a cat, uh, one identifies as non-sexual, and the other one was metrosexual, I believe. Um, Oh, yeah. And so we get through Monday... Almost uneventful. So I get a call early Tuesday morning. And by the way, I said I got fired on Tuesday. I did not. I got fired on Wednesday. On Tuesday morning, I get a call saying that Human Resources wants me removed from class until their investigation is over. Fine. I can resume my, resume my supervisor duties. I can interact with customers. I can do my normal job. I just can't teach. 
fine. I told him I wasn't interested in going back to my normal job right now and that I would just take time off. They go, well, the investigation is still ongoing, blah, blah, blah. I said, if this was a real investigation, you guys would have reached out to the other instructors in the classroom. You haven't. If this was a real investigation, you would have found the um, recordings. You haven't. If this was a real investigation, we'd be having written and signed statements from the people making a complaint. We don't. I said, so this is a sham, and I'm not interested. When you decide to pull your heads out of your butts, let me know. That I will reach out to my immediate supervisor to let them know when I'll resume my schedule. Click. Okay. Tuesday afternoon, going into Wednesday morning, I receive a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning. I didn't answer it because I didn't want to. My shift didn't start at 7.30, so at 7.30 I call into the conference room where all of the instructors go to, you know, kind of get our, during the day, what we need to do because I needed to pass along to the other instructors, you know, what they needed to do. I was met in this room by two human resources individuals. The investigation is now complete and that they have found me to be guilty of the statements, that I made the statements and that they were unprofessional and not in line with the company policies and guidelines, which, by the way, I'd already pulled up the company policy and guidelines. But then they slipped me this one little thing. I could keep my job if I was willing to sign a piece of paper that recognizes 37 different gender identities and that I will acknowledge these and I will respect these and I also sign away my ability to be an instructor. Not going to happen. So they told me that they were drawing up a letter of termination and that I would receive it. Here were my exact words. I am so glad you are tearing up that or drawing up that letter because as soon as I hang up this phone, I will be filing an official complaint with the EEOC because you've chosen to discriminate against me because I am a conservative white Republican male. I said, and secondly, I look forward to taking that termination letter and shoving it down your throat in federal court. You have a wonderful day. And then I said, and postscript, you may be used to dealing with people that have the IQ of their shoe size. However, I have an IQ of 142, three master's degrees, and countless bachelor degrees, and I know what the hell I'm talking about, and I'm going to come after you, and you're going to be paying me a lot of money. I just want you to know. Have a good day. Click. And I did, in fact, and have been granted a hearing with the EEOC. Good for you. I have filed the complaint. I will also be filing for unemployment because they're going to pay me while this goes in, in through the system. And I'm going to make them produce the recordings of me being inappropriate. I'm going to make them produce the recordings of the comments that I made. Are you sure they didn't destroy them? Huh? Are you sure they didn't destroy them? Oh, they destroyed those calls. But they're going to have to prove, they're going to have to pull those recorded calls. And if they can't produce them, they can't say that I've said or done anything because they don't have the recordings. 
I know they don't have me on recording saying this stuff because I never said it. And no what they also don't have, what they also don't have, are signed written statements from the other instructors in the room at the time we were teaching, because they never spoke to any of them. And I know this because I'm friends with two of them, and they're like, they never talked to me, and they would have told me. That happened to me once too. So this patient, this patient had said that I said a certain thing, and the inhalation therapist happened to be in the room at the same time and said, "No, you never said that." So I got the inhalation therapist to write that down to, the, to my um, nurse manager, and she said, "Well, she didn't know what she was signing." Well, all I yeah, know. I know. Is that this is the first time I've ever been <laughs> terminated from a job for being a white Republican? Wow! Well, it, isn't it illegal for them to um, ask you to sign a paper that you would acknowledge all those genders? I mean, that's not no, because that you because they're putting it in. It's in the employee handbook. It's an update to the employee handbook, and the way they handle so in, word okay is, so. So in other words, because it's a call center, they basically figure that they're going to have to hire people that identify as horses and cows. Sounds to me like they don't have a, a whole lot of... Um, oh, this is a lot more than a call center. Criteria to choose. They don't really this, uh, listen, check this their is people a lot, out, do they? This is a lot more than a call center. Don't, oh, don't make the mistake. I understand that, but I'm just calling. saying it operates this as a call a, center. This is a Fortune 500 company. No, the asshole that identifies as a horse wears a bridle and a bit to work. Okay, he Are works in an office. Me? Oh no, he works in an office inside of of Aetna. Okay. And what's pathetic oh. is CVS, who is now the parent company, is generally known as a conservative company. So what are they going to do when the horse decides to buck somebody? Well, I don't know. I mean, I there, there's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Well, I, I know they're more worried. I know they're more worried at the moment. Everybody's hurt. Jeez, Louise, I mean, the kind of thing that is going on here, imagine... You have a nurse comes in to take care of you, looks like a female, but de- decides that she's a cat. And yep. you, know, she, she, you say hello to her and she mews at you or some shit. I mean, well, this is crazy. The, the issue that, the issue, right. The, and, and this issue right here, and yes, it's kind of personal for me, but this issue right here, what we're discussing right now, is more important than anything going on in Washington right now. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you now have a collective group of people, okay, a definite minority, that is yeah. using, using, um, and they're targeting Fortune 500 companies. And the yeah. company I was recently terminated from is a Fortune 500 company. Okay, one of the top. 
But this didn't happen. See, Aetna itself didn't have a problem with this. They, they wouldn't let this bullshit happen until CVS and Aetna merged. It wasn't until that merger happened that all of this new crap started coming down the pike. Do you so, sure that CVS has brought that with them? Oh, yes, I, I am. I heard Amazon's just as bad. That like They have people walking around with their ass cheeks out of their pants. Amazon does, in fact, have that happening right now, and there are a group of conservatives that worked at Amazon that were terminated because they refused to sign waivers in regards to that very stuff. And so as I've, as I've looked into this stuff this week, okay, because I have, now fortunately I have another job. So, you know, I, I have a job. The... The issue that I've got, listen, I don't care that I was fired, okay? I really don't. I was getting ready to leave that job at the end of the year anyway. My problem is is that I was fired because I'm a white Republican. And when we start traveling down that road, whether we fire somebody for their being a Democrat, Republican, Independent, we've got problems, okay? Listen, I have not one problem with anybody dressing up as a damn horse and outside of work. If that's, well, how you want to, if that's how you want to live your life outside of work and you want to make your home in a in a trough or what the hell ever, so be okay. <laughs> A barn. That's your barn. Oh, shit. But they wear okay. this to work, you said. But you said they wear this to work. They do, and I have a problem with that, Okay. Because there are certain standards and guidelines that you should have in the workplace, and those guidelines shouldn't be trying to be replaced, because that's what they're trying to do, to accommodate some nut job that wants yeah, to Yeah, that's exactly right. You got you hit the nail on the head right there. Okay. This, this crap's got to stop. It's got to stop. And it's crazy. This, but I'm not, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm it's taking this fight to them. I'm going to take this fight to them. Good. Okay? And listen, will a lot of it come out? No, because what's going to happen is is the company will settle it. They'll pay me money to go away. Okay? Right. Right. And and that's what it's going to do. And as long as it's a six-figure payment, I'll go away. Yeah. Okay? Well, but... But you know what, though, the problem with that when you're ta- when you're talking about court is you, okay. So you need to you need to think about how you've been injured by this, okay? And I mean, you're really going to have to think about that because oh, you, you have you have it, to. It be makes able me to, concerned. It makes me concerned to even apply for a job now. Oh yeah. All right. I thought I thought they didn't have the right. To ask you what your political affiliation is, they assumed. They I was going to say I don't think that they had that on the application. <laughs> no, no. Um, but but listen, it it was fairly obvious. Um, one of the Aetna officials, uh, one of the officials that's an immediate supervisor, actually has heard my talk show. So they they are incredibly aware that I am a Republican. 
okay? I mean, it's not, uh, of all people, there, there's, <laughs> I, me of all people, are, it's hard to hide my affiliation. Not that I hide my affiliation, okay? They're well aware that I'm a Trump supporter. Um, and all well, you need to have to go after them for violating your civil rights and discrimination. Well, I've reached out to the ACLU. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm going after them. Your, your, your civil rights of free speech were taken from you because you should have the right to, to say whatever you need to say on the job as long as it's within their guidelines. Well, you don't have free speech on a job, okay? Yeah. You don't. And, I mean, that's just, that's the facts. However, this is the thing. The company makes these statements that, you know, I violated company policy and I discriminated against groups of people. I didn't. Not at any point in time did I discriminate against anybody. And when I challenged them to produce the recordings, they cannot. Okay? Well, they told you they cannot, but that doesn't mean that they don't have them. Oh, they may have the recordings, but they don't have the recordings of me being discriminating. That's the thing. They don't want to produce the recordings of those two classes because the two cl- the recordings will exonerate me. Right. No, no, I understand okay. what you're saying. I understand then, what you're saying. But that's why they told you that they would not pull it. When, when you have people like this who, who are on power trips, and that's what this is, I've dealt with, with in the, I worked for Allstate, and I did claims, and I worked from home, so I hear you. Been down the road, challenged a supervisor, had the same type thing happen. But it wasn't over anything that was discriminating, put it that way. So, well, you know, I mean, it, but it was totally, it was wrong, I was wronged because I had received an incoming call that, w- that wound up being, and how this person got through to me, I have no idea. I feel like I was set up, to be honest with you. So that's why I'm saying, if, they, if somebody makes up their mind that they want to eliminate you, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. For all you know, they could have planted the person that, that gave that question in that, in that class. I, well, you know, I, I mean, I hate to put it that way, but I just, I just know I, I've, I've experienced it. I've worked with a couple different companies from home, and I've experienced what they do from a middle management perspective. Again, I go back to I don't care I got fired. Well, no, but it's still the principle of the thing. It, it's They're trying, and from what I've heard, okay, I just read an article about this this week, that they are looking to overall, from a federal perspective, eliminate a whole lot of work-from-home positions. 
whole lot of them. Well, the federal government is, yes. Because they're because it's costing the federal government too much money in well, taxes. Yeah, that's it right there. The independent contractor situation is costing them too much money, so they're changing the laws in certain states. Um, but, what was the state that did that just recently? I, I know I read an article about it this week. California, Oregon, and Washington are the most recent three to change the law. Hey, ironically, I know there was one. Let, let me tell you a little secret. Ironically, the company I work for will not hire people in those three states. Hmm. Uh huh. Because of the the taxes that they have to pay, or because of yep. those laws. Do they hire? Do they hire independent contractors? No. Everybody is an employee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then what? The, what I was referring to w- wouldn't apply to you. Over that position. As an independent contractor, the government's not really losing anything because they pay. Independent contractor pays a higher rate of individual taxes. Because when I work for myself as a consultant, I pay more in taxes as a 1099 than Mm -hmm. I do as an employee. You pay a much much higher rate doing now. I'm real sorry that happened to me. Ah, don't be. The only when one door closes, another one opens. I know, but that's not the point. I mean, this company is obviously going to learn the hard way that they can't do that to people. I mean, you know, and then well, and that's discrimination. It's discrimination. Republicans, Republicans everywhere are going to be targeted. Mm-hmm. Over the next year, I know Republicans and conservative independents are going to be targeted. Mm-hmm. And so, let's use let's use this as a as a segue into politics. Many of y'all know that I'm the numbers guy. I look at polling mm-hmm. data. I watch it. Several months ago, I told you guys. I said that all this hubbub. We're going to get it. Well, we're getting an I told you so. Well, yeah, you're going to get it somewhat of an I told you so. <laughs> but let me travel back in time to election night 2016. Okay? I think just about everybody of the commentators that are on here was on that call late into the night as we were waiting on the election to be called for POTUS Trump, or at the time, (laughs) POTUS elect Trump. Um, And I said, okay, listen carefully because you all can remember this, that President Trump will be impeached in his term. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Y'all remember that statement? Yeah. I said we would go through impeachment hearings. 
I said, and this this may still ring true based on some of the grumblings I'm hearing, that Trump would decide not to seek re-election. You also said he would resign at one point, too. I did, in fact, say that he could quite possibly resign. Yeah. And what was the news story? Sounds like you got your bases covered. (laughs) (laughs) What was was the news story this week? That they they have floated the idea that if Trump's not going to seek re-election, that he do what? Resign. Resign. No. Where, where I want to focus on is the impeachment. Well, he's, already, he's already declared that he's seeking re-election. I, I already know this. He's filed in most states. There's a few states that he hasn't filed in yet. However, if that doesn't matter, I would do that too. But let's talk impeachment. Because that's that's where that's where I want everybody focused right now. So let's go to the polling data. When the impeachment grumblings really took hold about a month ago, a month and a half ago, polling data had 53% of overall Americans favoring uh, favoring. Uh, Impeachment. Okay? So now we've had, what, two full weeks of impeachment hearings, bombshell revelations, according to the Democrats and the news media. And I've just got to tell you guys, number one, the fact that the number one news network for this in both cable and non-cable has been Fox News should tell all of you something. Okay, if you take ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNBC, uh, CNN, and any other of those news networks, combine them all together, you still don't have the numbers that you have on Fox. Okay? So that should give you one indicator that um, this isn't going so well. Secondly, the DCCC did an internal poll beginning of last week that Jackie was so kind to make sure that I saw the numbers, too. Okay. The DCCC has found that 34% of their people, their people, favor impeachment. Okay, number one. Ah, but here's an even more important poll. Independents, people that are confused and claim to be independent when they're really not, because there is no such thing as an independent in American politics, um, their numbers are 39% favor impeachment. Okay? They dropped. Interesting number. Because in order for an impeachment to be successful, you need at least 50% of independents, and you need at least 50% of Democrats, and you need at least 20-so percent of Republicans. The number for people that identify as Republicans is 6%. 
94% of Republicans support President Trump. That's higher than Ronald Reagan had. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to lay it out there, okay? This impeachment hearing, if the, if they keep up with this, if if they vote to impeach that man, and it goes to the Senate, which, by the way, Democrats don't want, okay, mm-hmm. that's why they're behind closed doors right now going the censure route, okay? They're going, the, they're going to try and go the censure route, which if I'm President Trump, I say screw you and your censure and send it back to him unsigned. Yep. Okay. This I see them is, doing that. I, I, I can see them doing them deciding to censure him because of the um, the time frame. Them, call, them calling them off the campaign trail. I, well, it doesn't matter. He doesn't. He doesn't have to show up. That's the thing. The president's not required to show up. They can censure. Him. I'm talking about. I'm talking. I'm talking about the people that are running for the Democrat primary is having to come in from the Senate like Harris well, and Booker and Yeah, you're not allowed Sanders. to campaign when the when the Senate's yeah. in session I know. To campaign. That's all a conflict of interest. They shouldn't even and be able to vote. They should have to be there. <laughs> well, I know that I know this. They don't <clears throat> they do not have the votes. They need twenty seven Republicans in the Senate to flip. They don't have it, okay? Yeah, it's not gonna, that's Mitt, not going to apply. Even Mitt Romney's not stupid enough to vote to remove Trump. No. Okay, number one. Hey, number two, I've got to tell you, I don't know that the House has the impeachment votes. Yeah, I'm not sure either. There are a ton of conservative Democrats that were listening to three people this week, you know, wanting them to say, hey, you know, here's this. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about John Bolton. I yeah. got something to tell you. I don't think John Bolton's going to have a lot of bad things to say. I, I know him and him and the White House have been going back and forth this weekend over his Twitter account. But I think that's just a bunch of hubbub. I don't think John Bolton is going to go in there and say anything that we don't already know. As much as and people like, I don't see him saying anything about the president. As long as he, as as much as he wants. As much as he's unliked. Yeah, I just don't. I, you know, I see John Bolton. I think John Bolton's one of those that served his purpose, and he was ready to move on. And, well, you know, what I'm wondering about, what I'm wondering about is... Uh, you know, Trump is, was going on and on about wanting Schiff on the stand <laughs> if it goes to the Senate. And well, that's another it, thing, too. I, Trump was trying to use his, his reverse psychology this week by saying that he wants it to go to the Senate and have a trial. <laughs> I, I bet he does. Listen, I don't think it's reverse I know, psychology. I, I think he does want a trial. Because uh, if he does, I got news for you. Joe Biden's going to be in there. Hunter Biden's going to be yeah. in there. Shifts oh, I know. The and Biden's going down. Biden's going down either way. The whistleblower, the whistleblower that's being so protected right now because they're full of shit and yeah. is going to yeah. be put in there. The Ukrainian president can be called. 
I mean, yeah. there's, there's all kinds of people that sent it. Well, did you hear about them? Did you hear about the Ukrainians that wanted to come and testify and and that they were denied visas by Yovanovitch? Yeah, they they won't. Listen, Democrats don't want the Ukrainians to come and say anything, okay, because they can no. just about well, every Ukrainian official has disputed has disputed this, what I would call garbage report. Well, it doesn't matter what the Ukrainians have to say because I'm here to tell you that John Solomon tonight said that he used the Freedom of Information Act and that he's got the proof that Biden is in, to th- in for $3 million. Well, there's he's no the surprise. Proof. He's got all the documentation from the time that they were in office. But here's the thing, and, and this is where Republicans are making a bit of a gamble mistake. First of all, Biden, if Biden's the nominee, it's because everybody else is so much further to the left. Biden shouldn't even be allowed to run for president. Um, uh, he meets all the criteria, so he should be allowed to run. Um, the, uh, excuse me, if he's, in, if he's indicted, how is he going to be able to run? He's not going to be indicted. No. He's going to give a pass. He's already giving a pass. They're they're not, listen, they're not, right now, rehashing the Obama administration is a mistake, and they don't need to do that. What they need to focus on. Well, President Trump was the one who said that it goes all the way, the corruption goes all the way to the top of the Obama administration. It It does. does. It goes right to Obama's door. And it's going to be... Well, then they need to, they need to, they all need to go down. They all Listen, need to, and, when, and Biden but, should not be able to run. But this isn't about, this, this right now is not about them, okay? But he's guilty of money laundering. He's not going to be able to run for president. Well, he's not, money he's laundering. not laundering money. Oh he may have used, he may have used money as influence, but he's not laundering money. So, so here's the steps that should be taken. Okay, so let's say the House votes to impeach, which, you know, if if Pelosi can wrangle the Democrats and keep them all in lockstep, um, all you need is a simple majority. So if she can get, she may let some of them off the hook because of their districts, but if she can get the simple majority to impeach, that's what she'll do. Now, she knows that there's absolutely zero chance this is going to get he's going to get convicted in the Senate. Okay. Um, I don't even know with Schiff. You know, most people don't realize this has to come out of committee. I don't even know if this shit's going to come out of committee to go to the floor for a vote. I just I <laughs> I can't see some of these common sense Democrats, and there are some of them there. I can't see them voting for this crap. I mean, they might. But what do you mean? It's got to come out of the Judiciary yeah. Committee? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Pelosi has to put this up for a vote. And for whatever Pelosi's issues are, Pelosi's not stupid. Okay? Pelosi is not stupid. No, she's just senile. She has to know this is not going well. Okay, this is a lot of why you don't see her out front and center every day. But now, um, if she did... 
If she was that smart, why didn't she wait and read the call transcript before she decided to go and announce what she did? Because, uh, because the, the three girls said yes. they started pressuring. Yeah, I think that she. I, they were catching some pressure from the the lefties of the group, and they wanted to keep a what she had hoped, and and this is what I think. I think she had hoped some bombshell would come out of all the testimony, some nugget they could hang on to. And so far, based on what I've seen and read, there's been absolutely nothing come out of there that's that A, we didn't already know, um, or B, that says Trump tied, Trump used any quid pro quo. But the one thing that I can't seem to understand about all this is that it's not illegal for a president to say, you know, as a country, you need to do this or we're going to withhold aid. Now, where their problem is is because he says, hey, we want to investigate Hunter Biden. But that was now, from that, 2016. That could, well, I mean, that could be an issue if, if he was withholding federal government money for a personal reason to go after Hunter Biden. Um, but, you know, when Conyers, Conrad, or whatever the hell his name is, testified the other day, he said the president told him that he wanted, and I quote, no quid pro quo. It don't matter. He didn't even have to have a reason to so, say he didn't want to spend our money or give our money to them. They're not entitled to that money. It's not right. as if he's holding up the food stamp program. Right. And, and that... Listen, I, I'm in favor. I agree with you. Where where I see all this going, I'm just going to tell you, they're going to end up censuring him. He's going to tell him to stick it, or he'll take the censure with him around the campaign stops. Yeah, that um, I can see. One of the okay. things, that's what, I, that's what I would do. That means I would advise him to do it. He can't pass any laws. Listen, the only... Listen, if you... You look at this, okay? This guy's been out running around the past couple of weeks doing rallies. He's pulling more people to these rallies than Garth Brooks is pulling to his concerts. Okay? Yeah. And Garth Brooks is the entertainer of the year. Okay? Yeah. Well, He's pulling more people. Whatever. Personally, <laughs> I think Carrie, personally, I think Carrie Underwood ought to got it. But Me too. Carrie Underwood won't get it because because she's a Christian female that will not play into the music industry's crap. Right. And she's caught some hell over her stance with that church that she used to go to. Yeah. We need to talk about Chick-fil-A. I'm going to Chick-fil-A here in just a minute. Uh, Because I don't necessarily disagree with Chick-fil-A for what they did. No. Um, They changed. Um. No, they didn't. One thing, but the, the thing that I've been hearing is that the Democrats made their bad move when they took it public. Whew. Yeah, they, they were better off to leave all that crap secret, but it was a double-edged sword because then the public would be like, well, what are you hiding? Yeah. When, when they chose to go public, they thought that they would get the public consensus on their side or that most people wouldn't pay attention to the hearings 
and they would just take whatever was said on the local news. The problem is is that the number one the number one streamed program on satellite radio this week was the hearings. Okay? Yeah. And the number one political station listened to on satellite radio was the Patriot Network, which if you know anything about satellite radio, the Patriot Channel is Breitbart News. Mm-hmm. Breitbart Channel. They screwed the pooch. I mean, you know. Okay. Um, so let's come back to this. and Let's go over to Chick-fil-A. Um, I don't give a damn that Chick-fil-A, a.k.a. Dan Cathy, stopped donating to two groups. Does anybody want to know the real reason why he stopped donating to those two groups, or do you want to know the reason that was put on the news? The real reason he quit donating it, the money, is because the majority of his donation was going to overhead cost and not to the mission of the organization, which he had a problem with. That's his main reason. For But to hear the news tell it, oh, all yeah. this pressure was put on by the queers, and so they quit donating. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's their money. They can donate who they want to. That's and how that's I feel it. about it. And it's not Chick-fil-A. It's, it's not Chick-fil-A and, making the donations. It's Dan yeah, they're still they still make the best chicken sandwich. I've tasted them all. You know, my son works there, so full disclosure. But there is not anybody who makes a better chicken sandwich. Right, and this, and they're what they're going to do is end up hurting the kids and the people that work there if they want to boycott. Okay. Well, they're not. Listen, people aren't going to boycott Chick Fil A. They're just not going to do it. Their their business model. They tried boycotting it before. You see how that worked. Well, the queers did. The right. Well, but they're the ones that are causing this trouble. Most of the Christians. Come on. Matter of fact, the only the only radio personality I've even heard really condemn it was Mike Huckabee. Yeah, he he did on Twitter. He did on Twitter. Yeah. And. You know, I'd say, I'd say right after he condemned it, he uh, once he was done he criticizing, he he went out and got his waffle fries and his chicken sandwich. So yeah, you know, well, you know what? Franklin Graham went on went on uh, Twitter, and he bought, he basically just he he did an interview and he said, look, he said. There is a there is no doubt about this that the atheists are bringing on a demonic spirit into this country, and and Joe Walsh, who's running for president against Donald Trump, <laughs> which is hysterically funny, I think, um, he comes out and says, "Well, what kind of a Christian would say that there's that there's um, you know that 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 the people that are talking about the about other Christians now." are devils or demonic. So you see they're trying real desperately to divide the church now. The well, people the in the church, church even more so than it has been. The church has always been divided. Yeah. Since since the beginning of the church in the Paul era, it has been divided. But that's a whole other show that we could go we could go down the road with. But here, here's the thing. I, my only thing with Franklin Graham and with Gordon, uh, I 
I'll even use Gordon Robertson as a as an example with both of, both of those men. It's fine to make the commentary that they make, but why is it that they both support the Democratic Party? Because both Franklin and Gordon both are Democrats, and you know I've got I, I'm sorry. But one of my trademark sermons that I give when I give sermons is that if you support a political How do you, party, what do you mean Franklin Graham is a Democrat? Oh yeah, Franklin Graham's been a Democrat for years. You didn't know that. <laughs> Him and Gordon Robertson, Pat Robertson's son, they're Democrat. He's a Democrat too. Franklin will tell you he's a Democrat. Look it up. Wow, Jill needs some duct tape for her head. Say what? Jill needs some duct tape for her head. Her mind is just blown. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I up. don't. I don't see how it just doesn't compute. Right. Because you can't. I know that Franklin Graham does not support abortion, and the Democrats right. do. So I don't. You know, right. I, I just. I'm sorry. I'm just not on the same line with you on this. You don't have to be on the same line. It doesn't make it not true. It is very true. It is absolutely 110% true. Okay. Even Billy Graham, even Billy Graham who... Uh, you know who, what? If that's the case, if that's if it's true, then they'll have to deal with it and answer for it themselves. They because will. you can't serve two masters, period. And, and that has been... One of my biggest, nobody ever knew, Billy Graham never came out and said, I'm a Republican. No. Never once did you hear him say that. Okay. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people, members of the clergy, don't come out and declare whether they're a Democrat or a Republican because they're conservatives first. They, they, the Christians they won't. first and conservatives second. Let me, let me. Let me just give you a few. Okay. Let me give you a few. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jill. If you look it up in Wikipedia, it will tell you that Franklin Graham was a Republican until 2015. Correct. <laughs> he is an independent. He claims to be an independent now. Okay. He does, but he's well, I can. I, I, hey, Hang I can on. appreciate being an independent because that's what I am as well. Well, there's no such thing as an independent, but he's well, absolutely there is there in, is in an open no, voting state. You there, know, there listen, absolutely is. No, there's not. I have been. Listen, I have worked in politics for over 20 years, and I'm telling you, the biggest lie that a person can tell themselves is that they're an independent voter. There is no such thing in these here United States as an independent voter. Okay. If somebody, if somebody, when I when I worked as a as a door to door strategist, okay, if somebody told me they were an independent, first of all, I laughed. Secondly, I marked down beside their name that that was the easiest vote I was going to get, because that's the truth. An independent person that claims to be an independent voter is the easiest swayed voter of all of them, and I would really how so? Absolutely. How so? Absolutely. 
anybody that what that means is that they see that what that means is that, that an independent voter sees both sides so what that tells me both sides of the aisle is that an independent words, voter is confused about Republic, what they are Republic, they don't buy into a political party that's all that means because there is there is no reason, i wouldn't i, I okay, promise you, let, you that there is no such thing in this country as an independent voter well, Anybody since you're not one, why don't you let one who is speak what it means? It because means you you're don't not. buy into a political party. You don't. That means selling out to yourself. Because myself, I'm a free-thinking woman, and I have re a reason to believe in certain things on both sides of the aisle. Okay. Now, when you're done lying I, to yourself, I believe in helping the poor, and I believe in in capitalism. Okay. okay. There's certain now things on both sides of the aisle. So therefore, I have never aligned myself with any one party. I've always aligned myself with a candidate that I felt would do the right, best job, regardless of which party they were in. Okay, so now that you're done lying to yourself, let me tell and you. And I have voted both different different ways. Let me let me tell I, you. The I fact. don't always vote straight ticket. I'm I listen. I don't care if anybody votes straight ticket or not. Whether you align with a political party or not, there is still no such thing as an independent voter in this country. It's, it's, it's not it's true. Only, the only parties that are recognized, you are Republican and Democrat. We're not even talking party. The, the word independent in itself is a fallacy when it comes to voting. Oh, okay. okay. And none of us are free. No, technically you're not. You're not a free person in this country, and anybody that thinks they are, again, is delusional. Just because you can get in your car and go to the grocery store when you want to, you have to obey certain speed limits when you go. Okay, you can only go in your car if you have a driver's license. Okay, when you I'm go fully aware store, that we're a nation of laws. I, I, I understand when you that. go to that store, you can't go in that store naked. Okay. The point is that we're not truly free. We are not truly a free society. Now, having said that, let's go back to this whole independent fallacy that people think that have. First of all, an independent voter is the most easily swayed voter of all of them. I would much rather have a room of 100, quote, independent voters to get to my side than to have 100 um to have 100 uh, Democrats, Democrats, or even 100 Republicans. My sweetheart. Well, you do, you I don't have to sway too hard if you if if you're talking about Republicans. Hang on a second. Let me see. Barbara, how long did you set the call up for? Three hours. Why is it Why is it not letting you on the call? I'm on the call. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, Barbara. No, Amanda says she's. Amanda says she's trying to call in, and it's telling her there's not a live call. Really? Let yeah. Me call, let me. Let me try. Hang up. On All right. She's going to try. She's going to try again. Make sure she punched in the right code. I've messed up and punched in different codes before. All right, so I would much rather have a room of 100 so-called independents than I would have... Well, they tend to be more open-minded. 
be careful how open-minded you are. Your brains fall out. And did Tennessee win? I haven't had that problem thus far. The, the, point, the point I'm trying to make is that if you are a political strategist, and, and this is why this is important in the impeachment hearing, if you are a political strategist and you see that number of independents, you know that, A, independents are easily swayable. Okay? Just the way it is. They sway with whichever way the person that's leading the narrative sends them. Happens every time. Secondly, okay, if, if I'm a political strategist, if I'm Trump's political people, and I'm looking at the polling data that's out this week, I'm going to tell you right now, I am jumping up and down for joy, and I get President Trump on the road now. And I get him on the road in the blue wall state. Okay. Okay, good. Tennessee won. Whew. They messed up. They said Missouri picks off Tennessee twenty four twenty, but that was wrong. Anyway, if you are <sighs> that explains why he hasn't said nothing. Mark, you must hang up quite a bit. No, I don't hang up. I get kicked off. I got kicked off after an hour. Oh, well, it's probably because we just don't like you very much. Um, we we have we we have it set to boot you. Anyway, so if I'm looking at the polling data, if I'm looking at the polling data from this week, and I see that hey, I've got 39 percent of independents. Down, listen, this is a major shift in two weeks. You went from 51% down to 39. Okay, that's a 12-point swing. People are sick of Trump derangement syndrome. No, this, this isn't what this is. What this is is that these people, these mush-headed independents, have tuned in, and they're expecting to see certain things happen in these hearings. Number one, they've expected somebody to say, hey, Trump committed a crime by saying, if you don't investigate Hunter Biden, I'm not giving you military aid. Okay? Nobody has said that. Matter of fact, the one person that could have really devastated everything was that Sondland guy on Thursday. Uh And Sondland's like, no, I never heard. As a matter of fact, he said no quid pro quo. This was just my own personal ruminations. Did yeah, they not vet this guy mean. before they put him on national TV? They were they all asked directly by Republicans. Did you did you hear the president commit treason? Did you see the or hear anything that that resembled bribery? Did you <coughs> that 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 Stefanik from New York took every single solitary witness because I watched it every day or I listened on the radio, one of the two, if I was out. And every single day, she, when she stepped up and she was towards the end of every hearing, um, she used her five minutes and she, she always asked him, was he, did, you, did you hear him do anything that resembled bribery? Did you hear him? And she, 
listed all of them, quid pro quo, bribery, treason, uh, you know, any other crimes, whatever. And they all and say no. every single one of them said no. Right. <laughs> they all said no. <laughs> They've got crap. Chip face came back. And it's, like, it's like he has lost his hearing because he still came back and accused the president of doing these things, even though the guy just said, no, I didn't hear it. Well, the problem is that Schiff knows what he's doing. Listen, don't, don't anybody think that Adam Schiff doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Oh, he's a okay. horse's ass. Adam Schiff knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah, he's lying through his teeth constantly. Okay. He is, the Democratic Party started these hearings for optics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the optics have backfired on them. Like, listen, the, the optics have backfired so bad that Republican strategists or Democratic strategists are begging them to get this stuff to a close. They're like, please stop these hearings now because they're going to have huge problems in the fall. If elections were held right now in districts all across this country, okay, the Republicans did this poll. Okay? They went district by district this week. Okay? They spent $14 million on this poll. If they went district oh by district, if the election were held this Tuesday, the Democrats would lose 70 seats in the House. Oh, my God. 70. Okay. If you think for one minute that Republicans, this is why pretty much Republicans are okay to let this go through. Okay. Oh, They're yeah. okay to let this kind of play out. Because the longer this goes on, the more Democrats lose. Okay? Nancy Pelosi knows. She knows. Her days, her days are numbered. <laughs> she's going to be the only speaker that managed to be speaker two years, skip 12, speaker two more. Mm-hmm. And okay. do nothing. Yeah, I mean, she's going to be known for four years as speaker of getting nothing accomplished but investigate, investigate, investigate. Mm-hmm. So, just... I, I just can't. You know, as smart as you say she is, and I'm sure she is for being in Congress for, what, 100 years, you know, she can't be playing it that smart if she's allowing this to continue. But I understand that she was pressured by a ship base, um, you know, and, and the squad, and she was pushed into it. You know, and why, she's the speaker. Why doesn't she just gavel? Why doesn't she just gavel down and say, no, we're not going to do it? She can she kill it. No, well, she can I don't kill know it. why if she... If she wants to be the speaker for any time longer, then she should have gambled down and said, no, we're not going to do it. Period. Well, yeah, if she was such a strong speaker, that's what she would have done. She would have put well, the freshman in her place. She has a, she's got a problem. 
And here's the problem. Let's yeah, say yeah, that yeah. let's say that the next election she manages to hold on to the house but only by a few seats. Okay? Well, let's say it goes up for a vote. And Republicans go to those conservative <laughs> Democrats and say, "Look, we'll give you a couple of things you're wanting. We'll give you a couple of committees. <laughs> you come over and vote for my guy for speaker. Well, guess what? Now they've got a problem. Okay. So she's she is she's got to play a game and just hope that she manages to keep her job. But right now, I'm just going to tell you, I, it doesn't look good for Congress at all. Democrats I hope that, that Republicans do take back the House, and I hope they pass term limits. Oh my gosh, no, we we're not even going to we're not even going to go there because term limits will never happen. Term limits. Well, it needs to happen. Like it needs to happen because these stinking career bureaucrats are the ones that are causing all this trouble. The career They're the ones that are creating are all this mess. But but I go back to I go back to I, I go back to this right here. We have term limits. They're called elections. Yeah, people are apathetic and don't care. That's why they're still there. I mean, the, co- the career people are there because the people keep voting them in. And and I'm of the I'm of the impression, and always have been, that the voters have the right to choose who the hell they want to. If California yep. wants Nancy Pelosi to keep going back, keep sending her back. What about Yovanovitch? What about the other people that are serving in the federal government positions for 30 and 40 years? It's too long. Then you go out to the district that they represent. And talk to the voter. That's it. Go out to their district and and convince, convince the voters to pick somebody else. The voters don't elect them. Yeah, they do, Jill. Voters elect elect the congressman. It's a direct vote. They don't elect the ambassadors. Yovanovitch was an ambassador to Ukraine. Okay, so if we're talking... She was appointed and she was... But she was appointed. She she spent 30 years working for several presidential administrations. Okay, well... What's the problem? They're government that? bureaucrats that need to get out. And many Term of them, they're first, first generation American citizens. She's naturalized, yeah. for God's sake. And okay, she's serving so, in our federal government. So, should the president. But the president should have the right to choose his ambassadors. And if multiple presidents, both Republican and Democrat, liked her work, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her doing that? Term limits ain't going to help that. No, but but what's the Jill? I guess I'm trying to understand why. Why? Go ahead, Barbara. Nothing. 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 
I was going to say she's Jill Town Listen, Vindman, Vindman is a first generation American citizen. Vindman. Okay. The decorated officer in our military. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Yovanovitch, she's also a first generation naturalized citizen herself. Fiona Hill carries a dual citizenship. Do I need to go on? All these government bureaucrats are part, they're all in cahoots with the UN, and we keep talking about the UN and all the problems that they bring to the, the table. Look, if you want to get the UN and the, new, and the New World Order out of our hair, this is how you do it. You, keep, you stop putting, we need election reform, and we need to also have reform with regards to government positions like that. Where they can't serve if they haven't been an American citizen for a certain number of generations of their family. This is getting oh, out of hand with all these borders. You know they're what? Go elected. back and look at they're what the founding fathers said. That doesn't even make sense. Okay. Well, the founding fathers were fearful of foreign influence. They were fearful you of foreign influence. You cannot argue that. What? That's true. But the minute they become a U.S. citizen, they're a citizen. They shouldn't be penalized and not be able to serve our government. Listen, they they raised their right hand and they swore allegiance to our Constitution and our flag. So as far as I'm concerned, first generation or fifth generation, they've sworn allegiance, then let them serve. As far as how many terms they serve, they serve at the pleasure of the president. If the president chooses to keep them, then so be it. Noise. Um, I don't know. Well, that's fine. You know, whatever. We all have our own opinions about it, and I personally think that we have way too much foreign influence in our federal government, and it's way too big, and they could eliminate a lot of it. Well, it is way too big. We agree with that. In order to... And if we're going to ever rid, rid the government of corruption, there has to be a place to start. That's all I'm saying. In I, order I feel to like communicate with foreign government, you have to have allies. So in order to have Well, that's what our, that's what our uh, founding fathers are for. Or, excuse me, that's what our ambassadors are for. Right. Exactly. So, but they're not influencing the president. The president makes up his own mind and makes his own policies. I don't care what uh, that lieutenant colonel said. He said, I make the policy. No, you don't. The president makes foreign policy. He's the same guy that's been offered by the Ukraine to take over yeah. their defense three times now. Yeah, he's been offered three jobs. Yeah. You know what, Tyler, bread you're buttered on. Well, I just think that we are, uh, yeah. Jill, you have to you have to kind of be careful because once somebody becomes a U.S. citizen, to say, well, they can't serve because they were born somewhere else. And they have to wait a couple of generations. That, yeah, that plays into 
that plays into discrimination, discrimination and, and you have to be real careful about that. If you want to change the guidelines, then fine, change the guidelines. But, you know, not every president's been an idiot, and, you know, they chose whoever they choose for a reason. And the president has the authority to choose ambassadors um, to send wherever. But another little secret that everybody needs to understand, just because the United States chooses someone to be an ambassador in a country, that country doesn't necessarily have to accept that ambassador. That's so um, it's, a, it's a two-way street on that. Now, whereas I didn't care much for Hill, um, oh, you know, she didn't really have anything arrogant. bad what to say. <laughs> she is arrogant, but... I'm not. I'm not opposed to her. If they felt she was doing her job, if the president felt she was doing her job, and he left her there, fine. That's his choice. Um, and that's fine. I, I think a president should have autonomy to pick who he wants to. I think a president. Um, I think they were right to give the president the authority to pick judges. To and have the other branch vet those judges. The ambassadors are also vetted by the other branch of government. So it's not like it's not like there's a checks. There's not it's it's not like there isn't checks and balances in place because there are. Well, did you did any of you catch when Yovanovitch was up for her confirmation that they she was um, being groomed? by the Democrat Party prior to her confirmation in front of the Senate. And lo and behold, they told her, they groomed her on what she was, how she was to answer if, in fact, she was asked any questions about Burisma or Hunter Biden. And when she was asked, what answer were you told to give, and her answer was, for them to refer to the VP's office on that. Okay. So I'm telling you, these people are in cahoots. Joe Biden has laundered money to the tune of $3 million. John Solomon has got this proven. He's got the paperwork to prove it. And I heard it tonight. It was reported on Fox tonight. So I'm looking forward to the time when... Th- that whole situation comes crashing down because it needs to. If we're going to clean the swamp, we got to get rid of the swamp. Well, first of all, Joe Joe Biden's going away anyway, so he's out of the swamp. Um, yeah. Whether he goes away in the primary or gets his ass kicked in the general, he's going away. Will there be Will there be any major? Oh, hey, we're going to haul Hunter Biden in for a crime? No, because Hunter Biden didn't commit the crime. His father did. Oh, Joe but Biden. they did. Hunter Biden. Joe Biden. No. Joe Biden committed the crime. Hunter Biden didn't. Okay. Well, oh, I don't know because they met. Both Carrie's son and Hunter Biden met with the State Department. You know, those are the I things that came that. out tonight. It's the government. It's the people that worked in the government positions that committed the crime. Hunter Biden didn't. He was the pawn. Hunter Biden's nothing more than the punk bitch sitting in the seat, okay? And that interview that he gave the other night should tell you all he's a buffoon. And not only that, but it was his father who bragged on tape that 
he withheld that million dollar, billion dollars until they fired the prosecutor. So, yeah, it was Joe Biden who did pay for play. Right. Also. And do you know that it was two weeks after those boys were in the State Department that Joe Biden went and did his little trip to Kiev? Two here's, weeks. Here, here's the problem that you guys are going to have. Well, I say you guys. This is the problem that Congress is going to have. The best time to catch government officials in a crime is when they're actually in their position, especially an elected position, because the problem is that they have no authority after they're out of office. Okay? Because here's the little-known fact. The Congress that's sitting during the time of the crime is the one that has to investigate it. So Biden knows he ain't no trouble. Yeah, Biden knows he ain't in any trouble. Okay? He's not sweating it. And the Senate trial, now, he doesn't want a Senate trial because a lot of stuff will come out that could hurt people around him. It ain't going to hurt him, but it'll hurt people around him. Now, having said that, who's he? There's a bigger problem here, and that bigger problem is the wonderful report that's coming out in December. Yeah, I see report. Yeah, I figured that was going to be somebody down the line. Democrats have got a big problem there because they've spent two years defending Comey and Epstein and Stroke and Page and all these others. And guess what? Guilty First of all, the FISA warrant was falsified. Okay? Yep. That means that everything after it, everything that was a result of that FISA warrant was garbage. Which means mm-hmm. that wonderful little Mueller report. <coughs> okay? That uh, that uh, Mueller report should never have happened, which means that the congressional hearings should never have happened, which means that leading into the Ukraine business, which was the result of that, should never happen. So here we go. If that comes out, how many heads are going to roll? I can tell you Comey's head is going to roll. Yeah. Rosenstein's McCabe. head probably, Rosenstein probably won't. McCabe is. McCabe. Yeah. John Rosenstein Butter. won't. And I'm going to Brennan. tell you, Attorney, Attorney General Barr seems pretty intent on, hey, he must be trying to clean out some room at Leavenworth. And, oh, uh, I'm telling you. He's on a mission, that man. <laughs> because he said he'll go to the Supreme Court to start yep. a federal yeah. execution. Yeah, but he's, he's I'll pissed. Tell, I'll tell you who he's wanting to fry. I'll tell you who he's wanting to put in the seat, Terry Nichols. Oh, Terry Nichols? Yep. That goes back to the Oklahoma bombing. Oh, yes. His, his death sentence is up. It's time to sign his warrant and be done. All his appeals are done. There are oh, 12. Okay. I think there are 12. There's 12 of them, yeah. I think there's 12 on death row right now that, yep. that 
President Trump needs to sign the execution order. Mm-mm-mm. I think they're trying to clear some room no. out of Terre Haute. Well, you know, I don't understand how California was able to pass that bill or law that stopped the executions in California. Because they can, it's not federal. They can do whatever the hell they want to in their state. Okay, so they can't, they cannot stop the federal executions. No, because federal executions take place in Terre Haute, Indiana. Okay. That's the federal fry. I mean, they can do it in Kansas. They can do it in Kansas. They can do it in Terre Haute. Uh, Alabama. Can we do it in Alabama? I'm pretty sure Terre Haute's the main place where they fry federal inmates. Um, Wouldn't John Brennan be on that list, too? Yep. Oh, they've they've got quite a few that's on the list. And he's the one that... They got this ball rolling with the uh, dossier. And Fiona Hill um, made the comment that the, the other day that Steele was just like a chump, <laughs> that they used him. She well, almost, I mean, like, yeah. came right out and said it. He's still, he's British citizen. We can't touch him. Well, well there's no need to. Well, that's what I'm saying. They used him, and and she came right out and said, you know, that that he was used basically, and and said, you know, without saying naming names who was using him, we we the heck on well have a good list of of an idea of who was using him. Right. I don't I don't remember who it was. You said it, whether it's Mark Levin or Rush, but they said you wait before this IG report is is released. They're going to come out with something else to try to distract you from paying attention yep. to it. Oh, of course. Yep. Well, and yep. another thing too. Well, and another thing too. Why? Why shouldn't Soros be on that list? Of what? You know, he he's a puppeteer. He's one of them that's funneling all the money into all these people and all these things. I don't. I don't think he's an American citizen. What? Excuse me, he, his residence is in New York. That doesn't mean he's a citizen. So well, he's living well, in the United States. You have to well, support him. You have to be an American citizen to be tried in a federal court. Not true. Well, I was going to say, who told you that? He's not. He's not an American citizen. So he has to be tried. He has to be tried. In the country of his birth. No, he doesn't. He right, be tried here in the U.S. of A. And let me just tell you a little secret. If he's not a U.S. citizen, oh, George Soros, with all the money he's been given to political campaigns, that makes every contribution he's given illegal because you can't accept money from a foreign national. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there would be some major problems well, that was my presumption. <laughs> well, you presumed incorrectly. They work around it. They work around it. All they have to do is tie it to him. And he's been, they've, been tie, they've tied so many things to him from, um, what was the boy's name, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, when he ran against Senator Cruz, Soros funded him. 
They went on and on about him, you know, $92 million. Well, that came from somewhere, and I traced what I could find back to uh, to Soros and, and some Yahoo over in the Great Britain. So, well, you know, I mean, they you say you can't take foreign money. Well, there's all kinds of ways to mask foreign money. Well, of course when there's goes, ways to when mask it. Goes it. From, when that, but George, when, that, when that money goes from Great Britain over to Massachusetts and from a goblue.com in Massachusetts that's owned by a guy over in Great Britain and who owns a, a non-for-profit organization. They're all masked under charities. But, oh, but yeah. the guy that's in Great Britain, I know who you're talking about. He's an American citizen. He's from Vermont. He just resides in Great Britain. I know who you're talking about. So all of his money's legal. Now, if they're running it through the nonprofit through George Soros, now they filter and they do bundling. Bundling is probably the most common way to get around foreign money. Um, however, you know that's you know that's again another show. All right, guys, we've been on here a while, so we'll do a final call for everybody. And if there's a topic that we did discuss that you'd like to discuss, well. Keep it under a couple of minutes, and we'll discuss it. We'll start with Tammy. Tammy. Okay. All right. We'll move on to Mark. For those watching the Brain Bowl this afternoon, uh, Harvard versus Yale, after, at halftime, <laughs> there were the smartest people on earth that decided to storm the field and have a sit-in to protest the climate. They want to oh, my God. The poor, Are you the serious, Mark? <laughs> has a heart attack on crack. The brain <laughs> ball. That's funny. <laughs> so what happened? To the it, took, uh, it took nearly an hour to clear the field, and the protests were made up of active students of both uh, universities, active faculty of both universities, and alumni of both universities. And I hope they put handcuffs on all of them from both universities. Yeah. Actually, they, they had the, uh, the it, this was held at Yale, so they uh, ended up, the Yale police came out and uh, Right, took and took some of the protests away, and then the uh, New Haven, Connecticut police came and took some of these idiots away. I hope I hope David. what we should do, what we should do is let these people who are protesting climate change, let them be incarcerated in a an environmentally friendly prison. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> These environmentally conscious prisons will consist of tent cities made of organic yep. materials, of course. There will be no uh, electricity. There will be no burning <laughs> of fuel. There will be no Wi-Fi. There will be no running water. Actually, because that pollutes the environment as well, I heard somewhere. Uh, there will be no uh, indoor toilets. 
what they will have to do is there will be an outhouse or a latrine like uh like a and we will have we will let them live in thirteenth uh, century conditions until they decide well they want to get out of prison and any person who is sentenced to prison because of an uh, environmental reason or environmental protest, we send them to a federal prison, if it's a federal case, we send them to one of these federal things where it's going to be a tent city with a latrine with no uh, 20th century living. Well, that's true. So basically you grow a garden... And if you don't grow your and their punishment, grow a garden, let them eat. You have a little. We'll be nice and we'll put these prisons next to a riverbank where they can fish and get their water naturally and all of this. And even we can even have them uh, with solar panels, but they can't have any electricity with solar panels. They can just um, heat up their food or something to that effect. They want to live like hermits, and they want to make everyone else live like hermits. Why don't we give them a taste of their own medicine? And then we could play Herman's Hermits on the radio 24-7. That's right. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. <laughs> you can't. Oh, God. I agree with that. That is too I good. I think that the thing to do is to is to start educating these people that it's they're being lied to. They don't want to be. Yeah, well, and you can't you can't educate the brainwashed. These people are brainwashed. They've been brainwashed since the nineteen. Uh, right. Well, okay, but the university heads, the people that run the universities that are in charge of the universities for hiring and hiring need to start setting some policies in place where they can't teach this crap. Harvard is liberal. Yale is liberal. I mean, what are you going to teach these people? Well, first well, they're telling the kids, they're telling kids that we have eight to nine years left to live. Well, and they're buying before the. They're idiots. These people, the people who run Harvard and Yale, they're going to listen to what their students think, and they're going to they're going to listen to what keeps them in their positions. They don't give a damn if you don't believe that climate change isn't real. I'm sure those protesters that had the presidents of the university go talk to them, the presidents were very, very sympathetic to their cause. But the problem is they're playing a massive football game. And that's where a lot of the revenue for for this or that comes from. Or this is a big important thing because it's been going on for 150 years. So um, get off the field. But we're going we're gonna to comp you in the end. We, we won't, the, uh, in the end, the campus bus is going to be run off of uh, grease from the, uh, the fry machines that you eat your, your lunch at just to make sure that we're economically and, and environmentally conscious. It's all bullshit. In the, in the and, Army, maybe game, maybe. That's my say. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Barbara. In the, in the Army, maybe game next week. Yes, it is. Is that all you wanted to cover? <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. Well, that was easy. Tammy? Yeah. We can tell she wasn't listening. 
Do you want me to see? She's watching live TV. Yeah, she watches. All right, well, we called on you for any final thoughts on the topic that we didn't discuss. Any final things? Looking for the charges for the mayor. He's rolled on his daughter. And it seems that the the, uh, bank statements from all of the accounts have now been called for. Oh, they're in trouble now. Yeah. Uh, the mayor won't be, you know, hide and watch. Daughter will be. Oh, yeah, she's going to fry. And he's rolled the bus over her two or three times. Say what? He's rolled the bus over her two or three times. Yeah, but she's going to come out of it okay. She's she going to come out. She ain't going to be smelling like no rose. She's going to be smelling like a big bowl full of turds. So. Yeah. She'll be okay. She won't do any jail time. No. All right. Jill. There was something I wanted to discuss. Okay. It, it was a funny video that I saw this week, and I don't know if any of y'all saw it, but I'm going to share it. And it was these two fishermen that were on a boat, and they they caught a fish. And that poor poor little fish had its mouth all wide open and everything, and they looked down in it, and they threw the camera down in it, and he takes this tweezers and he pulls this plastic bag up out of this fish's throat, and it's got a note in it. And he opens the plastic bag and he pulls the note out, and inside the note it says... We can't hear you. Oh, it it well. Did you hear about the note? The we, note we heard. Said that, we heard up to what the note said, and then we didn't hear what it said. The note said that Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Women with the fishes. I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I was like, oh, that is so gross. I mean, they pulled this thing up out of this fish's gut. They had to have planted it, obviously, but it was just funny as all get out. <laughs> and and also, um, there was another one that was a Christmas one where it showed all the stockings that are hung by the chimney with care, and it said, <laughs> and Epstein uh, also didn't hang himself there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can tell you this. I don't for one minute believe that Epstein killed himself. Nope. I don't and, either. Um, matter of fact, I think on the visitor log, there was the name W. Clinton written in a woman's handwriting. W. Clinton. Do what? In the visitor log at... Rikers Island, where he was being held in the federal wing, on the visitor's log, somebody signed in a woman's name, a woman's handwriting signed in W.J. Clinton. That's Williamson Jefferson. Hmm? Somebody wanted to make it oh, look come like on. Wanted to make it look like Bill Clinton had visited Epstein before he hung himself. The Clinton, the Clinton witness removal team. Well, that was the Hillary Clinton removal squad that signed his name because, you know, she's tired of him, so she's going to take yeah. him out, too. <laughs> she's 
she can't get close well, to him because of the Secret Prince Service. What? Prince, Prince Andrew is just a victim of circumstance. No, he'll be he back to normal. He's no victim. He'll, he'll be back no to normal. Victim. There's a reason Sarah Ferguson got off that rural gravy train, and she he'll didn't be, use a He'll be back in his office in Windsor Palace doing his thing in about two months. Oh, he will be, but that doesn't mean... Well, he's talking to the FBI, though. That's the thing. I'm sure he's got his security detail on him. (laughs) The United States States government has no ability to question or to detain a royal. Well, I don't think they're detaining him, but I have seen that they said that he was being questioned or he was coming to to talk to the... Now, now he may be cooperating... Right, but but my thing is is that they're most likely they're after a couple of other people that they can actually touch. Yeah, um, because Epstein's network of pedophiles, I, I really think that his his network is really deep. It goes really high up in the government. Yeah, and it is still very active today. Okay. One of the things one of the things that makes me absolutely sick is to think that there are these people out there, both men and women, both notable that we know their names and those that we don't, that are getting away with molesting these children. Yeah, I know. And if they can bring them down, they should bring them down. And they should lock all of them up in general population prisons all across this country. As a matter of fact, let's give all of the prisons some sport and let's just spread them around. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's another go. reason. I, that's another thing where I think Biden is as guilty as sin. I hate to say it, but I just do. The way he's acted around women and girls. There, there is a guy that we all know walking around as free as a song today that is as guilty as sin of doing that very thing. Okay? Which is why once it was proven that that had been done, that he was disassociated from... We know who he is? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about Dan. Okay. No, Um, I know who who you're talking about. I'm simply saying this. Anybody that would do that, is a sick bastard, okay? And yeah. anybody, there is a particular individual that came to work at a company I work for currently, not the one I got fired from, but the one I still work for. Um, he was in there all of about three minutes, long enough for me to recognize who he was. And I went to my boss and I said, that boy right there is a baby chomo. And I went and pulled him up online and said, right there he is, because he sexually assaulted, uh, he sodomized two infants. Infants. Okay. Infants. Oh, my God. Okay, and these people are making moves to legalize this stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? So a couple of weeks ago, we did a show. And in that show, I made a a mention of an orangutan given personhood. 
I remember that. Somebody made the joke (laughs) on here. It was so that sex with him could be legal. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think anything about it at the time. I kind of let it go. And then on page six of the New York Post, down in the very bottom in the last paragraph, I happened to notice that some guy is to legally wed an orangutan that was recently given personhood by the courts. Bestiality, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Okay. I will say this, okay? And, and I want everybody to listen, okay? Everybody. Anybody that's on here now, anybody that downloads this, okay? Years ago, when when I decided that I wanted to be a minister, and I went into the to the ministry and went to seminary, and I came out, one of the phrases that I heard all the time was that we need a revival. I would hear that all the time, and I really didn't. You know, it, it was so overused in the churches that I just you began to ignore it. Yeah, began to not think anything about it. And over the years, I faltered and I I failed to always hold the standard of a minister. Okay, I have never been a hypocrite because I refuse to talk or do anything about a subject of where I'm in the wrong. Okay, I won't do it. None of you will ever hear me do it. Okay? But one of the things that I always am and always will be is a minister. Whether I falter, whether I fail, whatever my mistakes are, that is my job. That is my calling from the good Lord above. It always has been. I've always fought it, but that's what it's always been. And as I, you know, one of the one of the best people to hold my feet to the fire to things are, is Amanda. Okay? And Amanda will point out to me things. Um, sometimes I don't necessarily want to hear, but, but she, you know, she's very good at, at holding my feet to the fire. Okay? Whereas a lot of my friends won't, she will. And now I'm saying all this because I want you guys to understand that even though I falter and I fail and I'm human, I still know where the standard is. Okay? And I look at this country and I look at where we're headed and I realize something that we truly do need a revitalization. We don't need a revival. We need a revitalization of the faith of the United States. Now, does that mean Christianity as a whole? That's the way you go, yes. However, we need to teach basic decency in this country. For example, you don't have sex with a horse. You don't have sex with a cow. You don't have sex with a car. You do. Make sure the muffler's not hot. Um, You don't have sex with a computer. (laughs) You don't have sex with a computer. You don't have sex with fruits and vegetables. 
you <laughs> engage in sex with another human being, preferably of the opposite sex. Okay, so earlier the comment was made well. that earlier the comment was made that the church has been fractioned. Well, the church is fractioned since day one. And you have churches, you know, the comment was made about Franklin Graham and Gordon uh, Robertson. Well, one of the things is that, and this is prevalent in the Catholic Church for sure, that the majority of your rank-and-file Catholics don't believe in abortion. Yet the majority of your rank-and-file Catholics always vote Democrat. Okay. Most there's also rank- a lot of Catholics. There's also a lot of Catholics who don't believe in the whole the abortion issue stance. Correct. Then there is a lot of the oh, what do they call them? Starts with an E. Evangelists. No. Evangelicals. Oh, no. The Anglican. The You're talking about the Lutherans, the offshoot of the yeah. Catholic Church. You have the you have the Lutherans, you have the Lutherans, and then you've got the Presbys, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, and the Episcopalians. And the Episcopalians. That's it. Three very liberal wings of Christianity. Some of the Methodists okay. too. The First United Methodist and the United Methodist Church, same way they've moved very far to the left. Your fundamentalist yeah. Baptists have moved to the left. When you start beginning to accept these things, okay, then you cease to follow biblical teaching. You have a problem. Do you want to know what the most destructive two words are to Christianity? And I know of one of us on this phone that's guilty of this. Do you want to know what the two most dangerous words, two, three, are possibly guilty of this? In Christianity, what the two most dangerous words are in Christianity? The two? Is that J.C.? The two most dangerous words in Christianity is non-denominational. Non-denominational, okay. Those are the two most dangerous words to Christianity because... What that means, let me translate what those two words mean. It means I'm okay, you're okay. Now, there are some, quote, non-denominationals. They claim to be a non-denominational, but truly they're backed by a denomination. Um, One I can use that just because I know is Cornerstone Church in Nashville. You'll hear him use the term denominational, but he's an assemblies guy. You will hear, um, if you look at a lot of the non-denominationals, Rod Parsley out of Ohio, the Potter's House out of Ohio, um, you've got, oh, what's that moron in Texas? Lakewood Church. Um, Osteen. Yep. Osteen? You've got... He's non-denominational. I know. Now, I will give... I don't see him as non-denominational. I see him as uh, 
a a um, what do you call they what do you call them um, prosperity call him a Christian. Well, he is a prosperity preacher. That's but, what I that's what I refer to him as. He's an independent. The the issue that you get into with non-denominational is that you you begin to water down biblical principles. What did you say? I heard independent. She said it, it, that he was a flipping independent. Oh, good for you. Thought at me. It's really it wasn't it wasn't a. It wasn't a. It wasn't a shot at you. It wasn't a shot at you. It's all bull crap. Don't have It was a shot. It's a shot at my definition of independence. It's a shot at my... Well, why don't you just deal with somebody else for a change, you know? I've been loosened up. I don't need that kind of crap in my life. Then hang up, Jill. Nobody was making fun of you. They were using... Okay. They were using my definition. Independent. They were using my definition. Okay? And I agree. He would be an independent. Anyway. Having said that, Jill, if you think you're being attacked personally, then hang up, okay? But you're not being attacked. You have those individuals that go into the non-denominational, and it's basically so they can sway, and they can move to what moves their audience, okay? It's not about straight-line principles. At least we know the Methodists have a straight-line principle. We don't agree with it, but they have a set of doctrines that they follow. The Seventh-day Adventists have two sets of doctrines they follow. <laughs> well, it's true, they do. There's two, there's two factions of the Seventh-day Adventists. There's the Paula faction that I call because they tend to follow her, Paula White, instead of biblical doctrine. And then there's the straight-laced Seventh Day that follow strictly biblical principle, and I do mean strictly biblical principle. Then you have the Mormons, okay, and they have John Smith's doctrine that they follow. Again, don't agree with it, but it's what they do, and at least you know where they stand. When you have non-denominational, they're independent, if you want to use that term, of any structure. And so they can sway to whatever's going to keep butts in the seats. And if you look at how the church has evolved in the United States, that's what's happening. Why is that happening? Does anybody know what the largest church in the United States is, what the largest denomination is? Anybody know? It is the Catholics. It is the Southern Baptist. The Southern Baptist is the largest group of, is the largest church in the United States. Okay? Followed second by the Catholics. And the only reason the Catholics are second is the majority of the Catholic church is actually outside of the United States. Um, but the largest church is the Southern Baptist. Okay? They are one of two denominations that has actually refused to really budge in their policy. And any of you guys that have been part of any of the Southern Baptist Convention get-together um, this year, 
knows that there are some inside of the church that are trying to change that. Now, where did these people come from? Well, these people are outsiders. The ones that were trying to change it are outsiders. They're new, and they're trying to bring a new doctrine. Okay? The other groups that have stayed true is your Church of Christ, your Church of God. Okay? Now, the biggest change that actually surprised me that that when I when I began to study them because I'm putting together something for the first of the year so I'm having to study this stuff. Does anybody know the one church group that has changed the most over the years, over the last two to three years, that's done it very silently actually? The Catholic Church? No. It's your holy it's your holiness group. Pentecostals. It's right, the Pentecostals. The Pentecostal and the Holiness group, I put those two together because they all, they're all together. Holiness and Pentecostals are basically the same thing. Uh, Pentecostals, Pentecostals are more apt to run up and down the aisle, swearing up and down they've been possessed by Jesus, but basically the same thing. I'm surprised Tammy hasn't done that driving down the road. Now, the reason I bring all this about is that unless we get the church houses lined up and involved and they begin to really do some community outreach, not to convert people to Christianity, okay, that comes later, but to at least instill some common decency and a sense of community and a sense of right and wrong. Look at how many people are coming up with no sense of right and wrong. And that's directly affecting our country. Because the first generation of no right and wrong will be voting in 2020. Somebody please stop making that noise. So... That is definitely something we need to keep an eye on, both from a political perspective and a religious perspective, to be quite honest. Because church attendance from two years ago to now has declined 24%. That's nearly one in four. But what's interesting is non-denominational has grown. That's been the only section to grow. That should tell you a lot right there. And that's yeah, it tells me that people are seeking for something better, but they don't want, they, they still want to stay in their sin. That's been the problem in the Catholic Church. It's been a problem in a lot of different churches. The problem in every okay, church. Okay, that's a, that's a problem overall in general for Christianity. People want but to go. If you want to restore decency to this country the way you do it, is by teaching young people that it isn't about putting sex ahead of life. And that's what they've done. They put selfishness, their own, and sex before life. Well, I don't... You change that, you change that, and you start to restore the decency. And, of course, that would involve the entertainment business and everything else. 
and all the video games that they're putting out and everything. You know, it's it's going to be rough to do. If you get the chance, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Back in the 80s, it was found that VO5, does anybody remember VO5? Hairspray. It was found that the VO5 company was purchasing uh, aborted fetuses so that they could use a chemical from these fetuses in their products. Okay? And what happened? the Christian organizations went nuts. And they did what? They boycotted VO5 products. It almost put the company out of business. Okay? The company had to come after a year of boycott and say, look, we've changed our process. Well, when they changed their process, does anybody see VO5 advertised today as a big product line? No. Nope. No. Because... Because they were almost bankrupt, they were brought out by a little company called Maybelline. Okay, and then Maybelline was bought out by the other big cosmetic company. And they merged with the Soap Suave and all them. They're all the same product. Anyway, so now it is marketed as a discount product at the dollar store and Walmart. Well, that's a direct result of a Christian boycott. Walgreens and Walden Books. Does Walden Books exist anymore? No. has a lot to do with the boycott that happened when it was found out that they were selling uh, girly magazines to kids. The evangelicals, led by Dobson, went into action and about put them out of business completely. Well, now they books a million bought them out. Hmm. So there is definitely, if you can get a group of people on board and you can get the evangelicals, and you hear the word evangelical, um, I would expand it to include the Catholics because if you can get the Catholics on board with some of this stuff, you can make a huge dent in things. Anyway, if I keep going, I'll get into a rant again, and then I'll start preaching, and then we'll be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. Want to leave you with one thing? I just read that Don Jr. just put on Twitter: children as young as six are to be given compulsory self-touching lessons that will teach them about touching or stimulating their own genitals. Oh my God! You know. CSE. This was on this was on Twitter. Yeah, Donald Trump Jr. just retweeted him. Okay, I'll check it out after we get Listen, off the phone. This is uh, it's headed this way. Get ready. I'm I'm not going to really said, go into this stop. tonight. He said, stop with this idiocy. He said, let kids be kids. Well, no. What it's going to do is it's going to close down public schools because we're not going to we're not going to tolerate this crap. I'm, Parents aren't going to. It's not going to close down the public schools because the poor people still have some have to have somewhere to go. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into this tonight. We will go into it, but I will tell you this, Jill. You finally got one right. Um, the public school system, as we know it, with it. 
This is the problem, okay? They know that the public school system as we know it is done. It's over, okay? They're antiquated school boards still holding on, still trying to fight, but they're losing, and it's over, okay? And the school system as we know it in 10 years is gone. It's done. It started, Tennessee was one of the last holdouts, and Tennessee about four years ago came on board, five years ago, and school buildings and brick and mortar and school buses and school lunches and all that shit, it's gone, okay? If you look at every school system across the nation, okay, even the number four school system in the state of Tennessee, they will be, they're, they're getting to the point where, where some of these school systems are still expanding. But if you look at the forecasts that are 10, 12, 15 years down the road, those forecasts show a contraction all across the nation. And why? Because they have alternatives. And these alternatives may be better, they may not. We've had many a debate on this program about that very thing. Okay? But as long as this crap keeps coming, and the more and more the schools try to butt their nose into everybody's business, poor or not, they're going to get tired of it. It's not the schools trying to do this. Okay. This is the federal government and the liberal I'm, I'm aware. is Planned Parenthood. And well, then the teachers, then the today, teachers and the board, uh, the teachers the and teachers, the board need to stand with the parents and tell well, them to cut it the hell out. They these need to school boards, the, the, the problem is, look, they're afraid of their jobs. I'm just going to lay it out there. First of all, every school board in this nation, none of them have the nuts to stand up to the federal school system because they want that 6% of the money that comes from the feds. Number two, no, the few, no, we don't. The few people. We can certainly do better without that 6 to 7%. Even though 6 to 7% of $500 million is a lot of money, we the still few. have out of hell because of all the unfunded mandates that they give us. The few school boards out there, the few school board members out there that are actually trying to fight some of this stuff need to understand, and this is where Tammy and I disagree because Tammy's wrong on this, but they have to understand. They have to understand that school systems as we know them and as they function today are done. They're dead on arrival. Okay, and what's going on in the school system is dead on arrival, and there's a bunch of idiots that will be walking across the stages in about five months, six months, okay? And until we fix the core basics of the problem, whether it's inside of a school, whether it's at home, wherever the hell it may be, until we fix the root of the problem, and it ain't the unfunded mandates, it ain't what's being taught, it is goes a lot deeper than that. And until we fix that problem... We're okay. not ever going to fix that because the parents aren't even parenting. We've got okay. kids in the school systems that are beating the shit out of our teachers. And our well, teachers are being charged for child abuse. Then you grab that damn little kid by the hair of his head, you bend him over your damn knee, you take a paddle that has the word student engraved in it, nobody, you bust their ass until they can't sit down. Nobody is paddling anymore because they're afraid they're going to be sued. You bust their ass until they can't sit down. And then if their parents have a problem with it, bring their mother in there, bend her over your damn knee, and bust her ass. And that's that. And listen, the first thing the they have to do 
No. Baby, the first thing they have to do is pull the back from the fed. The way to school. The well, kids are beating their mothers on the way to and, school. And and listen, I've seen it happen. I dealt with a situation earlier this year where the kids get buck and they go after the parents. My own son did that. Okay, get it. I got it. I also know that parents' hands are tied about what they can do. Okay? And no, until they can we fix when they're younger to behave. And Listen, wait until I'm, they're in trouble and 12 and 15 years old when they're cussing the teachers, calling them whores and motherfuckers and everything else. And throwing but I, chairs but I'm, across the room that they're sitting chairs in I'm just telling you that even as kids, listen, do y'all know how many times I was in trouble with DHS for discipline Baby, of my kids? You're, you're beyond discipline. It's mental illness. Well, I think some of it is, but I don't think it's the school's place to deal with the mental health issues. It ain't the school's place to be fixing their teeth. It ain't the school's place to be fixing their eyes. What do you do with them? There's nowhere to send them to. What do you do? I know there's not. I know there's not. What do you mean there's nowhere to send them to? Listen, this problem. Listen, this problem has not been created by parents. This problem has not been created by teachers. This problem has been, well, it has been partially created by teachers. This problem has been created by these ne'er-do-wells that don't have kids trying to make rules and laws for those that do have kids and think when a kid at the age of six or seven gets their ass swatted because they smart off to their parents or they stole something or they done something they wasn't supposed to do as a corrective measure is going to score them for life. This year, all across the United States, the Republican governors passed Laws called trauma-informed discipline are agents, are promises. I know what they are, and I know Republicans did it. But this isn't something that just cropped up on the doorstep this week. This is something that's been going on since the 90s that has been no, working been its way. No, they've been for that long, and we've kept this it is, out of there. But they've got this, it in the schools. The Republicans, the Republicans are as much to blame of the shit that's that. gone on in our schools than anybody. I don't listen. I'm not disputing one bit of this. I agree with it 100. <laughs> percent Okay, I, I do not dispute this. I bet. Listen, this. You guys are new to the front lines of this school fight. You guys are new to it. I've been fighting this since my kids were in kindergarten and preschool. I've been Baby, fighting against these steps. I'm not new to this. Okay, I have a 20 year old. You're. you're I've been new fighting school since he was in the third grade. I'm not new to this with, either. You're. Your fight was different. Your fight didn't pick up until you started really paying attention when he got into late middle school and high school with the issues that he was having. No, I'm talking about. He was in fifth grade. I'm talking about. Listen, I've been fighting. You didn't even know me then. I got kids that are 22. I've been fighting this long. You know, hush. Um, I've been fighting this for a long time. I've seen this coming. I have tried to stop it. I led the fight to bust up the teachers' unions. Everybody hollered that that was such a bad idea when it happened. Got news for you. The teachers' unions is what helped start all this bullshit. Okay? I don't regret busting up teachers' unions. I do regret that it now it ties a lot of the kids' performances to the teacher. I do have a problem with that because a lot of little Johnnies don't want to learn, and they just want to get on pushed on through. I blame President Bush because he pushed through No Child Left Behind. Okay, I disagree with that. I disagreed with it then. I voiced my concern then. Okay. Yep. 
I disagreed with President Obama. Signed it in Ohio. I disagreed with President Obama when they made their changes because that's opened the door to what we see now. Okay? All of this is done, and then these governors, the problem with the governors are they want that 6%. Okay? They want that 35 or $40 million to come rolling in every year to go to the. Well, you know what? Their big money dollars are not worth our children. Well, I, I happen to agree with you. But in order to solve that problem, in order to solve that problem, guys, we have to go into the schools and we got to start cutting. And we got to get back to what is known as the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. Okay? That's right. If That's we, exactly right. All this if crap we focus, If we focus solely on that stuff and we trim the rest of the junk, okay, Listen, I am one of the largest supporter of the arts you will find. However, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I did. I got on the Indiana State Department of Education website and I read their their curriculums on there. I guarantee you Tennessee's got the same thing on their state website. And I would go there and I would read it and I would dissect it and then I would change it. Our, our problem Common Core is a national curriculum. Right. It, it is national. There there are some differences that you can have, but for the most part it is a it is a national it, she's right. The the problem that's it's been nice knowing y'all because I'm about to hit the third rail in the school system. Oh no. And Fabian just touched on it, just a tad bit. But I'm about to touch it, so it's been nice knowing y'all. Well, they're coming. They're coming after you. You might as well just get ready for that. Oh, man, we already know they're coming after Lisa. So, and they're coming after me too. But they got two, yeah, well, three more years to put it for me. Lisa, Lisa, though, Lisa's kind of well. That's a conversation not on the air. Um, I, I will say this, okay? School systems need to focus on teaching math, writing, reading comprehension. Seriously, they need to focus well, on that social studies. Get out of there because all they're doing is working on a managed workforce. That's it. Yes, I know. Okay, I I am watching as my nieces and nephews come up through school, and I'm I'm looking at what they're being taught in these lower grades, and it just absolutely yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Blows my mind. It's, you know, they're skill building. They're not teaching. And. And so they're not I, teaching to have critical thought. Well, I retaught. I, I retaught my niece. I, I told her to forget what she's being taught, and I taught her a quicker, faster way to do some math. <laughs> she, she did you the math. The the I'm sorry. You mean the kind that got us to the moon? <laughs> uh, so I taught. I Problem taught is, though, if they use that in school. If they use that in school, they'll get bad grades. Well, she did, in fact, get an F on her assignment. Oh, my God. And it was because she did not follow the step to reach her conclusion. Uh-huh. So I contacted the teacher. And I said, was her solutions correct? Yes. Was the steps that she took to get to that solution, were they correct steps? 
Well, to get to the answer, yes, but I said, okay. So I've taught her a faster, quicker way. I said, under my way, she can outdo any student in your class with the way you're teaching them. And this, this teacher's 25, 24 years old, new teacher. And she goes, I beg to differ. I said, young lady, I said, I understand you're first of the common core brats. I said, but I'm of a generation where we could actually count back change without a calculator. <laughs> I said, so we need to change my niece's grade or we're going to go to the principal. Well, she changed it from an F to a C. Oh, God. We went, we went to Miss Brooks. We had a conversation with Miss Brooks, the principal. And Miss Brooks is old school like I am. And she's like, well, she got there the same way. She did it correctly. So this is a 100 paper to me. So she got a 100 on the paper. However, Athena told me that the teacher did, in fact, test her against two other students that were the super students of the class, and Athena was so proud. She's like, I beat him every time, Uncle Fabe. I beat him every time. Oh, I was like, I know. God. I was like, I know, sweetheart. I said, Uncle Fabe ain't going to steer you wrong. Is she and a so, substitute teacher or a full-time? No, she's a full-time teacher. She's the, she's the teacher for that grade. And right. this is the... This is the problem I've got, and then we, we truly are going to go. We've been on here for a while. The, the problem I've got is that, A, there's really only one way to add and subtract, okay? And you tell me how some of these kids get to college. Or, well, let's even go past college because I know colleges are dumbing down. Let's say they go into project management, and they need to use a micrometer to quickly determine what the millimeter is of a product that they're running, are they going to sit there and draw out boxes? No. And put little dots no. in those boxes? No, because if somebody under me did that, I would fire their ass and be like, this isn't kindergarten. Okay? I got a problem with this, and it's, it's not, it can't be solved at one level. It's got to be solved at multiple levels. But it starts with the teachers. I'm just going to be honest. If the teachers would refuse to teach this shit, this would be Maybe dead on they arrival. They, they won't because their opportunity to stand up would have been when they put Common Core in the schools. And since Correct. they laid down on that, they're not ever going to do anything because they're fearful for their job. Well, if you want to see how bad things have gotten in the education system, Look at Chicago Public Schools. Oh, God. Their teachers went on strike again just a few weeks ago. And I want you to, I wish you guys could pull the contracts, the system-wide contract, and read it, and read what these schools are actually teaching. But more importantly, I would like for you guys to look at the attendance at these schools and how many students they have in some of these buildings. Did you know that the Chicago public school system has over 300 buildings that stand empty? Wow. But they can't get rid of them? Did you know that of the active schools they have, over 100, over 100 are at, at quarter capacity? Quarter capacity. Why can't they Meaning get rid of them? I don't know. 
meaning it's costing more for them to have these schools open than it is pay, it's not paying for itself when they could simply shift most of these students to other schools that are at half and three-quarter capacity. But that would require them to then lay off teachers. The city of Chicago is broke, okay? Is, They're past this is broke. Why, you know, the kids are graduating, graduating, but they're illiterate. Well, that's part of No Child Left Behind. It, it amazes me. I'm just going to tell you guys, it amazes me when I hear a 20-something read. If I read like that in the sixth grade, my teachers would have had a shit fit and would have bumped me down a grade, maybe two. If I did math, Miss Babb, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'd have done math like they do now in front of Miss Babb, she'd have smacked me into next week. And been like... Well, you know... What I don't understand is Bill Gates was the one who introduced... Bill Gates is the one of the worst things that happened to the public school system. Yeah. yeah, he's the one who came up with Common Core, and he admitted that he was wrong, that his experiment did not work. This was supposed to be able to help the, help the United States to compete with the, with the Asian com, uh, countries. Bill Gates does that because he's collecting data on our children. And Bill Gates uh, yeah, I know. has been thrown out of the country of India because they were given uh, shots down there. He was trying to pass them off as uh, immunizations, but they were sterilizing the women. Right. He's been thrown out of India. But they're doing that, they're doing that in Africa. He's the, he's the main funder of that in Africa. Yeah. Which... As as bad as this is going to sound, I don't know that that's such a bad idea. But have you heard about ID twenty twenty being used in Bangladesh? No, I have not. Yeah, well, that's an immunization as well that's got a microchip in it. Well, I, I know that. And Gates is behind it too. Yeah. Well, listen. Right along with the I, pharmaceutical big pharma and. Uh, and the Rockefellers. Well, they or the use, Rothschilds, one of the two. Listen, the Rockefellers have no power, and neither do the Rothschilds now. They're obsolete. They've, I'm saying they have a company. There's a corporation. They're investors. Look up ID 2020 and see what I'm saying. The, here's here's the, before we go down Area 51 type deals here. Listen, the... This is what you, you have to keep in mind, okay? Does anybody know what happened with Microsoft two weeks ago? Oh, God. Microsoft no, was, what? Microsoft was given the government's cloud contract. Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. Amazon's pissed. Now, well, here's the thing. Amazon... I need you guys to just go to Amazon.com, pull the website up, and I want you to wave at it because it's about to be gone. Oh, really? Amazon, oh, yeah. Amazon, as we know, it's about to cease to exist because Amazon is, now in the, Amazon is now in the crosshairs of three different companies, all of them very large companies like 
larger than Amazon. Company number one, Microsoft. Okay? Amazon can run cloud all day long, but they need the Windows operating systems to run that cloud. Okay? Apple's not going to give it to them because Apple can't stand Amazon. The only reason Apple's teaming up with Amazon over the insurance issue is to be a competitor to company number two that Amazon has managed to piss off and has them in their crosshairs, and that would be Walmart. Amazon decided they were going to get into a pissing contest with Walmart over groceries, and Amazon thought that they could compete with Walmart in groceries. The number one grocer in the world is Walmart. Anybody know what the number two grocer in the world is? Publix, I think. The number two grocer in the world is a little company called Kroger. Okay? And the market... And the market share disparity between number one and number two is over 60%. So basically, what does that mean? That means that Amazon going to lose that fight with Walmart. Also, Amazon has decided they're, they're going to get – Walmart was late to the party with the whole third-party seller business and doing the next-day service and all this stuff. Anybody know who has the number one distribution network in the United States? Walmart. Um, Walmart, I thought. Walmart. Okay. In areas where Walmart did not have great distribution, you saw about three months ago, you saw a newspaper article where Walmart was shutting down some Sam's Clubs. Those Sam's Clubs were shut down solely to become distribution networks in an area in areas where they didn't have networks to become next day service providers. Now they're next day service providers everywhere Amazon is. As a matter of fact, they're next day service providers in fifty more markets than Amazon. They've also opened their website up to third party providers. And Walmart's got two things that Amazon doesn't. One they have their own bank. Matter of fact, they've got three of them. They own a little thing. If you're in or around Arkansas, you will have heard of the bank, uh, Arvest Bank. Arvest Bank is Walmart. If you have ever bought a Bluebird card or have a Bluebird card through Walmart, Centurion Bank, which powers those, is Walmart's bank. And then they own another little bank called Synchrony Bank. Anybody familiar with that one? Yeah. I bet your I bet your credit cards are powered by that bank. Lane Bryant and Mace. Yep. And they and they own another little company called Humana. Now they haven't been very vocal about Humana because they're getting ready to completely revamp it. And when they do, that's going to put Delta Dental. On notice, it's going to put some of your largest vision providers on notice, but most importantly, it's going to put your healthcare industry on notice because Walmart, I promise you, Walmart's going to sink billions into this, and they're going to subsidize it for at least 10 years using their own employees as guinea pigs to make this one of the best healthcare options. Then they're going to open it up publicly, and when they do, 
people that are aligned with Walmart and love Walmart, most of their shoppers, what are they going to do? They're going to go to Walmart insurance. It's going to make the risk pool be one of the largest in the country, which means they can lower prices, which is going to force other companies to lower prices. And it's going to hurt Amazon. Amazon's going to be hurt all the way around because then the third person that has their sights on Amazon is the United States federal government, a.k.a. President Donald Trump. And Bill Barr has been looking into two companies to bust up, Amazon being the first, Google being the second. They are very close to committing antitrust, both of those companies. I'm surprised they haven't nailed Google already. Yeah. Because of ABC Company and how... Well, that being said, with Walmart being so big, why are they letting them get away with it? Well, that's very simple because... All of the companies are separate. So, for example, Walmart and Sam's Club do not operate as the same business. They're separate businesses. Now, yes, their offices are in the same building, but they're separate entities. Arvest Bank, while it is owned by the Waltons, it has a totally separate and autonomous board that governs it. And... Walmart doesn't put their own money in there. Walmart banks with Regions and Bank of America because they're trying to get through a some regulations. If they can get through regulations where they can power their own bank, Regions and and Bank of America will be in trouble because their largest client is Walmart. And so no, their their Walmart's money doesn't go into the bank. Sam's Club money doesn't go into the bank. The bank was funded. Alice Walton put $1 billion of her own money into the bank to fund it. And then it's depositors. As a matter of fact, we have an account with Arvid. Okay. So um, Humana, totally, they're all independent of each other. Yes, all the money ends up going to the Walton family. But they're all run with autonomous boards. All the boards are separate. Unlike Google and Amazon, Google, all of their companies fall under one umbrella, ABC. Okay? And what got, what's going to get Google in trouble is their fiber optic, their phone service, their multimedia. All their platforms are under one. Facebook is about to get in trouble. Facebook's got the same problem. Because of how they bundle everything, the same same scenario that got the bell the baby bell companies in trouble, but that's another episode. And um, just so you all know, we can do some of these episodes during the day, so that we don't always have to do them late Saturday nights. Now we can do them some of them during the day, but I know some of y'all are busy and some of y'all sleep until three or four in the afternoon. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's because she's up all night researching. Right. Well, I can't get a hold of her anymore. She's always too busy for me. So. You know I, need your, I need your help with one of my schools. I need some ideas. You so. need to call me. He says that all the time, Barbara. Oh, no. He's just projecting like the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I have, have to go to Walmart now because my charger dies again. 
Well, user error. Anyway, it has been a great show. Mark, we thank you for tuning in. We thank everybody for tuning in, really. I don't know. I haven't heard him. Are you? I think he's hung up. I heard he had a new boyfriend. Yeah. When are you? Wait, what? When are you going to... When are you going to see Amanda? Oh, next week. What day? Um, we're leaving Wednesday. What you want video or are something? You, are you no. Are you passing close to Murfreesboro? Um, we can we'll come down eight forty if the construction's still going. Well, if you do eight forty I can meet you in Murfreesboro. Because I want to hand something off to you. I heard. Okay. Call me. Please. All right. For everybody out there, we want to appreciate you tuning in and being involved in our lively debates. For those of you that download us, we certainly appreciate it. We like to see our download numbers as high as they are. And... uh, especially given that we haven't been consistently doing these week after week. Thank you guys for keeping our downloads up. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this and, and be free in doing it. Thank the, vol- the families of soldiers, for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And remember us political commentators that struggle every day to keep up with all the news and to bring you the news. And remember, Democrats, you have the right to be wrong. This is the political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.